0: Anyway, sorry, me,
1: what we were doing.
0: Yeah, let me do this intro and then I'll let you get get home with your life. Welcome to another illustrious episode of Checking Out the Competition. This time we are going to be talking about the Boston Bruins with our friend Skyler from Stanley Cup of Chowder. Sky, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing just fine. How are you doing, Kel?
0: I'm good, thank you. Um, How the heck have the Bruins only played one game? What's up with that? Um, it's something
1: that the schedule makers decided because there's actually a lot of teams that are kind of waiting on their second game. I know that the Devils are going to be playing their second game tonight, even mm. though it feels like they've already had like some big, expansive three-game stretch. It's it's the strangest thing. The Bruins had to wait like almost a week to play game one, and then now it's almost almost halfway through next week, and we still haven't seen a game. I feel like it's an Olympic year thing, And Ah. that's kind of giving me the impression that, like, it's going to be a little weirdly stretched out through the first couple of the months of the season. And then the minute after uh, everyone comes back from China, uh, it's just going to be game after game, after game, after game, after game.
0: Sky, I don't know if you looked at March and April yet, but I looked at it the other day for the Flyers and uh, strongly considered quitting this (laughs) vlog. Is it it, it
1: really that bad?
0: It it looked like last season.
1: Oh no! It was many
0: many games in not that many nights. So I don't know if it's going to be like that for the Bruins,
1: but oh! I just took a quick, cursory look and Jesus, Christmas! It's going to be April is going to be awful. oh man oh, love the, the olympics spring. definitely should keep sending nhlers to it i'm conflicted
0: because oh, i do genuinely like it but then also this is yeah a lot Th- this we'll, is a lot we'll
1: make it. and then like it's just yeah i'm sure we'll come up with something
0: we'll all just enter like a fugue state which i'm pretty sure is what happened last season and, and we'll we wake,
1: just wake up wake May up in like june too.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> Everything is fine. So before we get into this actual game, let's talk a little bit about what the Bruins did this summer. Um, mm-hmm. Lost a few guys. They did. Got some guys. So they lost. I was running through this list. So I was actually surprised because I don't pay attention to anything in the summertime. Uh, Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha. They mm-hmm. were gone. Halak is gone. Sean Corrali is gone. Uh, Jeremy Lausanne was taken by the Kraken. And then, very surprisingly, David Krejci decided that he was done so with North yeah. America, um, which is kind of a bummer. But you did re-sign Taylor Hall, I suppose that's pretty good. That's um, good. Yeah, Seems good. How and you? Uh, oh, you got Nick Foligno. That yeah. seems good. Yeah. Um, how do you feel overall about how the Bruins did this offseason?
1: Well, a lot of the moves that they made seem to be made with the impression that they were going to have David Krejci back. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: let him have his space. One thing I will say about the Bruins management is that even if I don't necessarily agree with every decision they've ever made, uh, they absolutely will give players that they're loyal to the chance to really think it over, you know, really uh, give their own personal lives the chance to unfold the way they should over an off season. that's why often they will sign guys so late like uh charlie mcavoy just got a re-signing like a single game into a season that's almost a week and a half old or you know brad martian gets re-signed uh fairly late into uh into the season that he got re-signed it's all that sort of deal of really letting the uh, personal lives of these players come through um but again You did just lose David Krejci, who has been such a major part of this team for so long. And it wasn't even for anything like money or something like that. It was just, you know, I'm a a native of the Czech Republic and I've lived my entire life in the United States. My kids can't talk to their grandparents because they don't speak the same language as Mm -hmm. much as they could anymore. And so he's just headed on off home and... You know what? More power to him. He, the There's an account called at Spogzee on Twitter that occasionally sends, uh, brings gifts from the Czech League of him just, it, it's like he's playing a different sport. It's like he's playing say, against he, children.
0: Yeah, I was gonna it's say it really must be funny. just hilarious. It's
1: like, super funny. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that he decided to do that with his time. Um, but no, the general idea that they've had so far is well, We're going to be in a weird cap situation for a little bit. um, And we're probably going into the last couple of years of Patrice Bergeron being a Bruin. Don't think too hard about that right now, but Mm -hmm. that's where that's where we're at. And so we're just going to make the most of what we have here. They've got a bunch of guys that can play center after losing one of your most important centers. So you can if. Uh, Charlie Coyle doesn't bounce back in the way he should, then uh, they can just keep mixing and matching guys in and out. I don't think it's going to work as much as they think it will. But right now, the second line, which has been a very, very uh, kind of an experimental line, even with David Krejci in town, because it was always like trying to figure out the wings. uh, Now it's the opposite problem of the wings have to figure out what the center is going to do. And I think they're going to be the ones uh, to uh, really push the attack on that particular line. And it's going to be critical to their success going forward.
0: Yeah, because he would have had Taylor Hall on his wing. And mm-hmm.
1: uh, and Craig Smith. It uh, would have yeah. been very, very good to watch.
0: That would have been but, a good line.
1: But uh, right now, I, for, at least from my perspective, If there is any one player in the NHL that knows how to control a line with maybe less than optimal partners, it's Taylor Hall. He has a long, long, long history of doing that for several dozen teams. And Craig Smith is the epitome of consistency. To me, it really doesn't matter who their center is. All they have to be able to do is skate and occasionally dish the puck because otherwise those two can uh, acquit themselves just fine.
0: God, Taylor Hall really has suffered, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, he's kind of gone through a uh, a little bit of a job journey, but... Uh, you No know wonder what?
0: he couldn't get his boating license for so long.
1: Yeah, it's just... Well, for one <laughs> thing, he decided to go out into the desert for God knows how long.
0: <laughs> that was a choice.
1: That was um, a choice.
0: So there's not a ton to talk about, because your team's played one because game. My team has played game. two. Yeah, um... Not a surprise. The guys that got the points in your first game are the guys that get the points for the Bruins. Marshawn, Pasternak, Nick Foligno Um, got one.
1: Jake DeBrus got one. Well, it's good that Jake DeBrus got one because last year he had a very rough season Mm. and fans did not not care for him whatsoever, especially given the uh, kind of money that they were paying him. But him becoming a much more involved player, becoming a much more involved net front player is it feels like a personal critique against the kind of person who would have hated him last year. Definitely the kind of dads at the rank who hate every player (laughs) under the age of 25. He is a guy who is going to purse purposefully find every Facebook dad in the Boston area and make them look like the biggest idiot. I am confident that if he just keeps doing what he did in game one, he will be a very, very beloved player by Game 82.
0: That's fun. Mm-hmm. So we got very familiar with the Boston Bruins last season. More yes, familiar yes did. than I ever needed to get. Uh, the Flyers went 2-4-2 against the Bruins last season. Thank goodness we're not going to be playing that many games together. Seriously, it again. was it was enough. It, it was, was bad, one it, time it was bad
1: when spent. they were doing that in the 82 game seasons. That was... Yeah, I like was a back a few years ago. That was
0: ridiculous. So given all the changes that mm-hmm. both our teams have gone through, I don't expect you to know all of the changes the Flyers have gone through yet. Oh, um, I
1: know one that I think is going to be very interesting.
0: Oh, which one is that?
1: Oh, it has to do with the back end and one very long person. <gasps>
0: Oh, the big boy!
1: <laughs> Look out for the big boy.
0: He, I believe, is going to be making his debut in this game against the Bruins.
1: You can't see it, but their smile on my face is just so big.
0: And now I don't know why. He's <laughs> he's very big, you see, and also does a lot of hits.
1: Yeah. So how's his uh, how's his defensive game? I you, you, you can think, say you can you can say we I've been all know told it.
0: Told by some people who watch a lot of Buffalo Sabres games that perhaps it's not the tightest. It's it's a little rough. It's a little rough around the edges. Perhaps there's some you know hockey IQ
1: problems there.
0: Well, you know that's fine. Uh, makes Bruins, a lot of choices.
1: As we all know, the Bruins are a low possession team, so I'm sure that won't come back to bite him.
0: Yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> thankfully, this is a home game. So, hopefully, mm. the Flyers will be getting favorable matchups against the Bruins' stupid top line that just doesn't quit. Top six, um, baby. Even I, even with I a guess.
1: even with we'll a know, low, yeah. with a rather maybe punching above his weight, second uh, second center. This is a, the top six of this team is right up there. I'm not. I'm not quite sure whether where you put them in the top ten, but I think they're in there, even with a uh, limited center pool.
0: Yeah, they're probably pretty good. That's annoying. <laughs> but we're, it's, it's we're never
1: going away. We're in the walls, kids.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be a weird game. It's gonna be. You know how like every now and again throughout a hockey season there will be like a stretch of games in which a team plays well. And then one game on the schedule is the real test, Mm quote-unquote. This is the real test. I feel like this game is the first real test for the Flyers so far this season. And it's going to be a weird one because um, they're probably bringing in Rasmus. So that's one thing. Uh, Martin Jones is starting. So that's another Fun little nugget i didn't know that that just brought a, a
1: song to my heart
0: yeah oh, yeah it's goodness, looking goodness, looking like goodness golly me i mean we have to gotta pull a bandaid off eventually see what you got
1: so you, you, you don't have to do that
0: there's a lot of people that
1: uh, say that you have to play certain people you don't have to do anything like that
0: we yeah, yeah. um
1: like look at the arizona coyotes they don't play anybody and look how well they do They occasionally score four goals and then they get seven dropped on them, but four goals. That's fine.
0: I think that the Flyers and also me personally are handling Carter Hart like a, a tiny little hollow eggshell. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hold him very carefully and place him down very gently throughout the early part of this season. So as not to break him again, because he can't be broken again or we're all going to die. Um, so so far so good with him, and I guess they figure he had a really great game against the Kraken the other night.
1: He did. He did. Maybe,
0: maybe they're thinking like let him ride that high for a little bit, and let's see what we got with uh old Murray Jones. Um, should be interesting. But I don't uh, think
1: your cat is a uh, a big Ryan. Martin Jones fan.
0: He's always he's always got a pop up. <laughs>
1: um,
0: what I was gonna ask you when I pointed out the the record against the Bruins last season um what reason should we think that the Flyers will perform better that's a really poorly worded question I guess what I'm asking is do you think
1: they're going to do different is, is
0: are the Boston Bruins appreciably different enough that the Flyers might fare differently against them this season
1: well I would say that uh I'm going to be honest with you. The way that you've chosen to start your goaltenders is probably going to be a bit of a handicap, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's on them. Uh, I'm confident in uh, the Flyers coach that he knows what he's doing. Um, But I think you did get a, you do have some of the kind of players that I think will uh, match up with this kind of physical, uh, possession heavy game that the Bruins like to play. Uh, you know, you got the Cam Atkinsons and the Sean Couturiers and the Travis Konechny kind of players that come that are coming through and playing yeah. out of their minds. They also got Ryan Ellis, who definitely is uh, playing Ryan Ellis hockey with uh, the Flyers, which is good.
0: You do love to see that. it.
1: You yes. you do love to see it if you are, of course, a Flyers fan. But, man, you the big thing that they're going to have to figure out is uh, the power play of this team started good stayed good throughout the entire um uh bubble seasons and Mm -hmm. it just picked up right where they left off and arguably got better with a fully uh involved taylor hall and that's where they get a lot of their scoring done so uh uh, however their uh penalty kill is i'm sure that will make them that will decide the difference and further Uh oh again um, I, I can't, I don't want to harp on it, but the, the Flyers, the Flyers need their goaltender to step up. They absolutely need them to step up. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to get, uh, some of the best scoring talent in the game just, uh, running up on them. And that's just no good.
0: The Flyers penalty kill was very bad last season. Um, not
1: a great start, not a very great start.
0: Very bad in game one of this mm-hmm. season against the Canucks, but much better against the Kraken. Good. Which I am I'm tempering my excitement about that improvement simply because that's a Dave Hackstall coached Kraken team full of, like, a bunch of weird, mishmashy dudes that they picked for reasons that I'll never understand. So I'm not entirely sure it was fully the penalty kill being very good maybe like a mixed bag of the penalty kill being a little bit better and the team that they're playing having a bad power play
1: yeah i I, don't I think the kraken power play is just dog's breakfast kind of level of bad right yeah. now so they kind of so but you know what Doing that against bad power plays is a good way to work up the confidence to play good power plays. So it's not the uh, it's not the worst thing in the world.
0: I love the positivity. I'm going to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. This is like taking taking off your floaties and going into the deep end. But,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, you're going to you got to sink or swim sometime.
0: How is Jeremy Swayman looking so far? Fantastic. One single Um, game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Through a single game, he looks
1: pretty good. Um, he's got a, uh, you know, he's a little reboundy. Most uh, most new goalies can be kind of reboundy as mm-hmm. they're uh, entering the NHL. They have to adjust to the kind of speed and the kind of uh, velocity that the puck ca- gets at this level of the game. But he's always been a very good goaltender throughout uh, most of his career. He's only had a sub-900 season back when he was, like, a teenager. hmm So, He's used to being uh, good and also being, in some cases, the only good player on some pretty moribund teams, and that even includes his uh, college team sometimes. He was a fantastic player for UMaine, but they were never able to get a defenseman that could clear the puck for him or anyone who could score for him, really. And this is going to be one of the first teams that he's been on that can kind of do a little bit of everything and keep all the shots fairly low danger, keep all the... uh, odd man rushes from developing and he's also one of the most insane goaltenders maybe to ever live because he's actually a huge fan of the shootout which historically has not been great for the boston bruins so everyone might actually i don't know be moderately confident watching it (laughs) it's 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 you have to understand uh Prior to this, the last two goaltenders for the Bruins were like, "I hate the shootout so much," and Swayman being like, "Yeah, this is this is this is cool. This is fun." Is like, I'm looking into the eyes of a person that would eat my eat my skin if he wanted to. That's just crazy.
0: Oh yeah, that's crazy person behavior.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's certified crazy person behavior. But you know what? I like the way that he's playing, and you know, it's it's more. It's just keep giving him games. Just keep letting mm-hmm. him experience NHL hockey. Because that game, that one game that he's played throughout this entire season so far, was his 10th or 11th game in the NHL. Like, this is his 10th regular season game.
0: Is that he's right?
1: Just, yes, he he's only played a very, very low number of games.
0: Why do I feel uh, like I have seen him playing the Flyers yeah. every game for the last 10 years of my life? <laughs>
1: Well, he was playing because the. Well, I don't mean to be rude, but the Flyers weren't super great for the last like yeah, right. three, three months of the season. So they they could trust him. And so <laughs> I think he'll be fine. Honestly, I'm more worried about Linus uh, Allmark because yeah. he didn't have a great preseason. And uh, if there's one thing that I personally, having absolutely no goaltending experience whatsoever, so I'm just going to temper that expectation right there. But if i can notice that you're having trouble moving around if i can see that your mobility going side to side against the net is difficult or if it's t- or you're not able to track the puck doing that i'm going to say that giving you that kind the kind of money that they gave him
0: mm.
1: was um i don't know that i don't know if i would have given him that kind of money if this this player was going to play the way he has but at the same time Ah, uh, you're playing the Sabers next, so uh, I'll I'll temper my expectations for a player who will be playing one of the worst teams in hockey. Who are um, uh, checking my notes here undefeated.
0: What ah? Uh, what did they pay him?
1: Ah, uh, they paid him in beautiful, beautiful cap-friendly money. Here, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This is funny. Because if you, if you don't think it's funny, you will just sit there and scream. Uh, he is paid a tidy $5 million until Ooh. 2025, uh, 2026, with a no move clause.
0: Ooh, that is a lot of money.
1: That is a lot of money. But, uh, you know, he's there to make sure that uh, Jeremy Swayman has a backup. So, all right. Money, money, money well spent, I suppose.
0: I suddenly feel less bad about the $1 million that we're paying Martin Jones. To uh, do stuff. Oh, well, you, um, get,
1: you get what you pay for.
0: People say that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, apart from the usual suspects that we all know and love on the Boston Bruins, did anyone stand out for you in this one single game as somebody we should maybe keep an eye on?
1: Um, I like the way that the fourth line looks. Um, you, money fans from the last uh, three or four years may remember, you know, Chris Wagner. Sean Corrali and then Guy. Well, Chris Wagner went down to the AHL because he's just not cutting the mustard, and Sean Corrali's in Columbus now. Um, guys like Thomas Nosick and Trent Frederick and the Anton Bleed Carson Kuhlman uh, collective are very, very unsubtle. Their sole goal is to just go to the net, it's just move in a straight line at the net. And you know what? Uh, after one game, I think they've done a pretty good job they look pretty good for what they are i'm curious as to see what they're going to look like in games like 35 62 and you know 53 but at this point uh they're definitely going to play stereotypical boston Bruin hockey and that they're very physical they're going to uh, try and get up on on your favorite player But they're also not going to take any—not in that way. They're going; they're just going to be especially physical, and they're going to try and uh, grind out some goals. It's going to be—it's going to be interesting to see them do the the things that they need to do in order to succeed. Um, Definitely, one player I'm going to be keeping an eye on is Derek Forbort, who's given uh, modified. That's a fun name. It is—it's very (laughs) funny to just sit there and go Derek Forbort. Forbort. Four but it, it's, it, it kind of gave, gave me a little bit of pause to listen to both Anaheim and Los Angeles fans uh, talk about this guy with absolutely nothing positive in their brains to, to say. Um, I believe that a couple of the people in our uh, SBN Slack chat actively added me on Twitter to bring up the fact that I was going to be not super happy with his play. Oh dear. Um, I haven't noticed him much so far, so I consider that a good thing. But, um, I don't really want to see him any farther than like second pairing, and even then, I'd be a little concerned because this player is just. Uh... Well, there's a reason that he's been moving around the NHL at the speed that he has.
0: I said it the other day, not noticing him is like gold standard third pair defenseman for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't
0: notice you. You're fine.
1: Yeah, if I I don't notice uh, like a fourth liner or a second or like a third pairing guy, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold that against them. They're going to play like, what, 10, maybe even 12 minutes a night. That's that's entirely ignorable. It's when I, it's when it's when you notice someone in a 10 minute yeah. span where it gets bad.
0: Not good. Yeah. When oh. you start noticing the third pair defenseman, then it's it's never because they're doing something good. It's always because they're screwing up. We're definitely seeing Swayman, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I figured as much. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else we could possibly talk about this early on. We'll have more good stuff to talk about the next time that I bother you, you to do one of these with that- me.
1: It's nice to have fans back in the stands, isn't it? it yeah, it really changes the atmosphere of a game, as like, I... the,
0: yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, the Bruins um, scored their first goal of the season on a penalty shot from Brad Marchand, and the n- the moment where everyone recognized it, and there was just that explosion of sound and jubilation. That was the thing that, in my mind, said. This is what was missing. Feels this good. is a this is a live sport that needs live people in the live stands. And yeah. it look it makes it just so much better when a team can be right there with all the fans out there. I think there was a um like th- there have been all sorts of crazy uh, celebrations throughout the week or so. I think the Jack Hughes like chucked his stick into the stands <laughs> over that overtime winner that he had there. Great uh, highlight by the way, you should go check that out. But like the explosion of sound after a goal is the thing that I've been missing more than anything else over the bubble seasons, over the COVID seasons. Um, that's just going to make this sport so much better, especially going into, you know, our first couple of games back with ESPN and TNT and all that. It's just going to make the sport look so much better.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. It, uh, it was weird last... I, through the bubble, I was like, you know what? It's not that bad with no fans there. I thought it would be terrible. I was like, this isn't that bad. I can, it's kind of cool getting to hear all the game sounds. This is fine. Um, But uh, I went to the home opener and being in a a very full, but not all the way full building um, with people that were extremely engaged in the game and cheering and booing and yelling and, dancing and high-fiving each other. It was just lovely. It felt really good. It
1: it makes the games feel like they mean something. Because, like, during the COVID seasons, there were moments throughout the season where I would say, uh, it's a goal against, ah, it's not that big a deal. Or if they score, like, yeah, that's cool. I needed that moment of everyone else around me just losing their mind and we haven't been able to have that in almost 2 years so i'm really excited that we get to do this now this is this is going to be a fantastic season you know when the rest of the eastern conference gets to play games as opposed to like what the there were like the two two teams that have uh, played four games in the eastern conference i think so yeah it's like it's like carolina and uh, and toronto that have played th- like four games so far it's
0: ridiculous we'll catch up eventually
1: yeah, yeah, and then we'll spend the rest of the back half of the season in a, in a win sprints. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Love I'm it. glad you, you brought up the crowd thing, because that is a very good point, and I think it's a good place to end, except for the part where I force you to predict what the score will be for this game.
1: Okay, so it's going to be the first uh, TNT game for Boston and Philly during the regular season. I'm excited. Season. I'm very excited. I cannot. That TNT wait to,
0: panel is a real. It is, show. It is a
1: very funny. I can. There are also some really challenging names on there, so I think Charles Barkley is going to be very funny to watch.
0: Oh, God, yes, going to be so
1: good. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to take. Uh, I think it's going to be a a little more low event game, uh, especially given what the Flyers are currently used to, uh. I think it's gonna be something like a maybe three to two kind of game, but I'm ultimately gonna go for the Bruins because that right now, on a sample size of uh let me just check my notes here one uh, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. looking very, very good in the first two periods of play. They've dominated their uh, checking my notes again one opponent uh, <laughs> they 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 definitely haven't changed much about what makes them as good as they are. So if the flyers want to. Get that next goal and bring us to overtime. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think this is going to be a win for your Boston Bruins.
0: I am going to manifest a good performance by Martin Jones, and I'm going to say that the Flyers continue rolling at home and oh, yeah. win this game four to three.
1: Okay, that, I'm go that's four a- to three. And they re- you really like some uh, high event hockey down there in Philly, don't you?
0: So my thought process is Martin Jones is probably going to give up a couple. Let's be real, he's probably gonna.
1: Oh, don't you worry. We will. He will see to that himself personally. Brad
0: Brad Marchand will at some point make him look very silly. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's gonna they're gonna he's gonna let some in. So I'll I'll give you guys three, which means the Flyers mm-hmm. just have to go out there and score four.
1: Yeah, and I think we can done. do that. I, uh, so. I would also like to manifest a uh, Philly cheesesteak into my hands, but unfortunately, uh, we can't always have the things we want.
0: I'll work on it. <laughs> I'll send some vibes your way. Thank you. Thank you. Sky, so, tell the people where they can find you.
1: Uh, you can find me. <laughs> excuse me, at twitter.com at skyonair underscore, and you can also find me at. Stanley Cup of Chowder, S-C-O-C. I am uh, posting every once in a while when there's actually games being played. And as a bonus, I am also at Davy Jones Locker Room oh, for the Seattle Kraken.
0: How exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm helping them uh, build the uh, the Kraken blog of tomorrow.
0: So That's awesome. You wanna, um
1: you want to come through, the game threads are usually pretty lively. Fans are uh, already getting really uh, invested. So, I think it's going to be a, a fun season.
0: I have a personal mission related mm-hmm. to this. Um, Steph Driver's probably going to kill me, uh, but I, I need them to get that apostrophe in there.
1: Well, the locker uh,
0: belongs to Davy Jones.
1: It might just Davy. be the Davy Jones Memorial locker room. You don't know.
0: Ah, fair enough.
1: You don't know this. All right. We'll we'll figure that out. I'll figure that out with uh, (laughs) uh, Steph and Dan and the like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Skylar, thank you so much for doing this with me. This was a lot of fun. No problem. The Flyers and the Bruins have a cursed 7.30 p.m. start time. The worst of the start times.
1: Love the cryptid 7.30 start time.
0: And it will be on TNT, as Skylar mentioned, which will be a lot of fun. So I hope everyone enjoys the game. Sky, enjoy the game.
1: You enjoy the game as well, Kel.
0: Go Flyers.
1: Go Bruins.